Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to details for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Happy 2021 to you. Hope you had a nice holiday season. My guest on today's show, Kara Lynn Joyce, three-time Olympic swimmer, founder and CEO of Lead Sports Co. She has launched an academy for young girls, and she has pivoted during COVID to make this online. It was an in-person summit. They will return to the summit when that's safe, but uh, she's really done an amazing job helping young girls in and out of the swimming pool, the soccer field, the volleyball court, and we'll talk to her uh, about her rebrand. Also, uh, her battle with USA Swimming, I just don't understand how these national governing bodies don't support uh, the athletes that spent decades with them. So we'll we'll talk about that. And then also, what would she have done if she was an Olympian training for Tokyo 2020, but it was postponed a year? How do you pivot during that and extend your training by a year? Remember, training costs money. Um, you know, you have endorsement deals, things like that. So we'll talk to Kara Lynn Joyce on our show today. I'm joined by Brian Griggs, our executive producer. Griggs, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And I think like with everybody, it's good to have a 2021 on the uh, back of the date now instead of a 2020. So I'm excited about that moving forward. Yeah, hopefully it's a better year. We had a great year with guests in 2020 and, and some great content. You can step into the Sports Business Radio vault at any time on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at sportsbusinessradio.com. But I think most of us have been very pleased to turn the page into 2021. Let's look at some headlines before we get to the conversation with Kara Lynn Joyce. Griggs, the NCAA announced this week something that had been rumored for a long time, something, frankly, we had known about since we have uh, good contacts at the NCAA, March Madness is going to take place in the state of Indiana. So it's going to be at multiple sites, but it's going to be in a bubble, so to speak, not at one site, but at several sites, but it's all going to be in one state, the state of Indiana. Yeah, look, we talked about this many times before. They basically had to do this. I mean, if the tournament's going to happen, it had to be in some kind of bubble format because uh, it's just too much. There's too much risk for the traveling and the teams and the families and fans and all that. And uh, we covered it so many times. And I think it's the right choice. And we'll see how they can adapt the bubble. I think we've talked about how they've had great examples with the WNBA, the NBA, and other leagues in their bubble format. So I think it'll it'll look good. It'll sound good. It's going to be made for TV. So I think it should do well. 
Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. If a team gets COVID, do they have to you know, withdraw from the tournament? Like, What happens if something like that happens? Speaking of which, the NFL playoffs start this weekend, and the Cleveland Browns are scheduled to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Cleveland Browns have COVID. Their head coach has COVID, and it's running rampant through their organization. Will the NFL move a playoff game? We've seen them move regular season games. Will they move a playoff game? That's going to be interesting, Griggs. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting because the NFL has yet to cancel a game this season, which I think is kind of surprising to many people. They've moved them. We've had Tuesday night football, Wednesday night football, whatever. But uh, this will be interesting now that the playoffs are here. Lots of money involved, lots of ratings, lots of viewership. So they're going to do everything they can do to keep that on the schedule as planned. I know it, but we'll see if they move it. All right. The Green Bay Packers are the top seed in the NFC. Kansas City Chiefs top seed in the AFC. They get buys. Here are the other matchups. In the NFC, the New Orleans Saints will take on the Chicago Bears. Who do you have there, Griggs? I think the Saints roll with that one. Drew Brees is on fire. I think uh, their offense is going to go good, especially if they get uh, Kamara back. Uh, he will be rocking and rolling. So I think the Saints blow that one away. Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card game. Uh, who do you have in that one? They know each other well. You got great defense in the Rams. You got uh, somewhat sputtering offense in Seattle. So I think that one could be a little closer, especially if the Rams don't have Goff and uh, Cooper Cup back. That could be an interesting. So I think that one's closer. I'm going to be Seahawks because they're my team. Okay, I agree with you on your first two picks. The Washington football team, uh, is hosting Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in the playoffs in the NFC for the first time. Who do you have in that one? No brainer on that one. Tom Brady in the playoffs is basically unstoppable, and Tampa Bay is putting up a lot of points lately. So I think Brady throws for three or four touchdowns. They win probably by 10 to 14. Okay, the AFC, maybe the hottest team in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills are taking on the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going with Buffalo there. Josh Allen is on fire. Buffalo is just... They're, they're ecstatic. Their energy is hot. They love each other. You can tell they're playing really good together. I think no one's going to beat the Bills for probably the first couple of weeks. So I think the Bills will win that one pretty easily. And then the game we just discussed, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, you know, we have no idea how many players may miss the Cleveland game. If any, um, will their coach miss the game? So obviously those are big factors, but Pittsburgh got off to such a hot 11-0 start. They finished 12-4. They're the number three seed. Um, I'm probably going to go with Pittsburgh over Cleveland just because of all of the chaos going on with the Browns right now. Yeah, I think I think if Cleveland can stay with their starters, I think this can be a good game. Uh, the Steelers are kind of they just seem to seem to be falling apart a little bit. So I'm going to go Cleveland in this one by a small margin. That is if they have Baker and the whole crew playing. OK, and then I think the game of the weekend is Tennessee Titans versus Baltimore Ravens. Ravens might be the second hottest team in the NFL behind Buffalo, they finished 11 and 5. Tennessee is 11 and 5. Two really good teams. I think that's going to be a great game. Who do you have in that one? I agree. Tennessee's been fun to watch. They had that crazy finish to get into the uh, playoffs, you know, to win the division. So, but anytime Lamar Jackson's on the field, it's always going to be fun. And Tannehill's playing good. He's a runner too. He's been running well. So that is going to be a close one. I am going to go Tennessee by three. Okay, I'm going to go Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson's really hot right now. I'm going to go Baltimore. So, uh, those are our picks. Then uh, the Chiefs and Packers will host the lowest remaining seeds in their respective conferences the weekend of January 16 and 17. Conference championships are January 24th. And then the Super Bowl is February 7th, Raymond James Stadium. And Griggs, as we've done every year, I talked to him this week via email, Peter O'Reilly, 
the senior vice president at the NFL, who oversees all of the operations for the Super Bowl. He is scheduled to join us on the February 2nd edition of Sports Business Radio. That's always a great sneak peek of what's planned for this year. It's going to look different because, you know, there won't be many fans and, um, you know, there's going to be cashless transactions. So we'll get a really good preview from the man running the Super Bowl for the NFL, Peter O'Reilly, on our February 2nd show. Yeah, Peter's great. And I mean, this year is going to be what a fun interview that'll be because it's going to be a totally different look and a totally different vibe. And he's going to have all kinds of new information and new, probably new jobs on his plate. So very interesting interview. I'm excited for that one. He's always brings it to the plate and it's a solid 40, 45 minutes every time of just dropping knowledge. So I'm looking forward to Peter. And on January 11th, we've got the title game, Alabama versus Ohio State. I'm just happy it's someone other than Alabama and Clemson. To be honest with you, I, I have not been a huge fan of the college football season. If you've listened to this show, I think they've been turned into essential workers. But here it is, the end of the college football season. And, you know, two huge fan bases, Alabama and Ohio State. I'm sure the game will get good ratings. Ohio State certainly looked impressive versus Clemson. Who do you have in that game? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, we've talked about it before. It's, it's just annoying having the same four teams. Those two playoff games were awful. They were blowouts. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's turn, tune out. I mean, I turned, turned them off by halftime both times, but I think Alabama's an NFL team. I think Ohio State's getting there, but Alabama's going to win that by probably two touchdowns at least. I still think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I'm going to go Alabama as well. Okay, uh, the NHL has uh, renamed their divisions. It's interesting. So, well, they actually realigned. So, but they have corporate sponsors for their divisions now. So the West division is the Honda West Division. The North Division is the Scotia North Division. The Central Division is the Discover Central Division. And the East Division is Mass Mutual. So look, I don't have a huge problem with this in a day and age where these leagues and these teams have lost lots of money due to COVID. If this is a way for you to inject some money into your league or team, I don't have a problem with it if someone's going to pay it. So you know, are we going to see other leagues like the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA have corporate sponsors to their divisions? Maybe they will. Maybe this opens that door. Yeah, I think especially coming out of 2020 where leagues and teams and organizations have lost so much money. I think you got to find new ways to innovate and find ways to sell stuff. So why not? You know, and like you said, if someone's going to buy it and wants to put up the cash for it, they get pub- publicity and here you go. And uh, actually, NHL looks good. The logo kind of things they put out this morning look looks solid. It looks good. It's a good way to sell it. They'll get some some good uh, brand recognition. So I'm for it. I think it's good. All right. The last thing before we get to the interview with Kara Lynn Joyce. No, we're not being paid for this. But I watched season three of Cobra Kai. And if you haven't watched it on Netflix, it's basically the follow up to the Karate Kid movies. And, you know, we're now on season three. And uh, I loved it. And season or episode 10 of season three, they always have these great, you know, episode 10s of their seasons, like just epic season finales. And this was no different. So uh, big fan of Cobra Kai. think they do great work. Love what they've done with the continuation of the storyline from the movies in the 80s when I was a kid growing up and Karate Kid was a big thing. Um, it's just fun to watch those. So if you're a Netflix subscriber and you have a chance to watch Cobra Kai, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't started those yet, but I have been watching on HBO The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, and it's fascinating. Very well done show. So if you haven't seen that one yet, it's a murder mystery type thing, but uh, well done. So that's my that's on my list right now. I saw that. Very, very different than Cobra Kai. But uh, 
So, uh, Griggs, anything on your uh, your New Year's resolution list? Well, I've uh, through COVID, I've been really trying to be healthy, eat good, work out, and I'm going to keep that going because it's been working well. So I'm excited that I'm not like starting fresh on January 1st to exercise, but I'm actually keeping it going. So I'm going to just work on keeping health and uh, fitness through 2021. All right. Kara Lynn Joyce, the founder and CEO of Lead Sports Co. She's a three-time Olympic swimmer. Uh, she has launched an academy for young girls. She's pivoted brilliantly during this time. And she is, uh, you know, going to give us some insight on if she was an Olympian and the Olympics were postponed for a year like they have been, how do you pivot there? How do you continue your training? How do you fund yourself and your training? We'll talk to Kara Lynn Joyce. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. My guest is Carolyn Joyce. She is the founder and CEO of Lead Sports Co. You can find them online at leadsportsco.com. You can find Kara on Twitter at Carolyn Joyce. She's been on with us before, a good friend of the show. Kara, Happy New Year. How are you? Hey, Brian. Happy New Year. Always good to be here. So you have been a busy bee during 2020. Uh, a lot of people have had to pivot. We've had many people on in the last year who obviously never saw the pandemic coming and really had to pivot with their business. You have launched an academy for female athletes online at leadsportsco.com. What does that look like? Yeah, geez, talk about a pivot year. <laughs> the pivot year that no one saw coming. Um, so, you know, our event is... Um, my company hosts a, a yearly event for teenage girls and it's four days. It's in a hotel. Um, it's all really close. And um, let's just say it's not conducive to um, some kind of global pandemic where you have to keep people distanced. So for us, 2020 was a big blow because we had to postpone our one big feature event um, by one year. To next year. Um, but about two years ago, we started the process of creating an online academy for female athletes. And this really came from um, basically the popularity of our in-person event. It would sell out within just a few weeks every year. And we would get hundreds of families contacting us, um, signing up for our wait list, hoping for a cancellation, trying to get in so that they could give their daughters the opportunity to learn from a sports psychologist, a nutritionist, a confidence coach, not to mention a handful of female Olympians to really help them. And, and our event serves girls that are um, 13 to 18. So we created this academy um, over the course of, yeah, like I said, a, about two years to really serve that demographic. And a big thing when we launched our academy, um, you know, prior to launching in May of 2020, we were like, okay, um, we're going to have to educate the market on what e-learning is. And then we're going to have to teach all of the um, girls that, that are a part of our academy, we're going to teach them how to use Zoom because that's not really something a lot of kids do these days. And, and once March hit, um, we kind of knew we had to scrap those first few parts of our, our launch program. And and so we started launching all of our courses um, between May and November, and it's been it's been for sure our saving grace um, in 2020. And I've actually had a lot of people reach out and they're like, "Oh my gosh, um, we're trying really hard to pivot right now. We do in-person events or we do something in sports, and so everything is online. How did you get these um, videos together and these these courses together so quickly?" 
you know, we're scrambling on Zoom and I was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. This was literally like two years in the making and it just so happened to come out during a pandemic um, when everybody needed to be home and, and you know, has home learning. So um, for us, it it's definitely we've leaned in harder on this online academy than we had intended to, um, but it has been such a gift for so many athletes around the world um, over the last 10 months. And um, so we, I feel very fortunate, but, um, but it hasn't, you know, it's not perfect, Brian. And it's really difficult to have to postpone an event that we know um, a lot of girls need. And knowing that a whole year will go by before they get access to the, these in-person um, experiences that I think that was probably the most painful part for me in having to postpone. Yeah. I should have mentioned with your introduction, you're also a three-time Olympian. So, uh, <laughs> in addition to being founder and CEO, like you, you've been a, an athlete at a very, very elite level. What are you hearing from kids right now, from young girls who are trying to stay fit, trying to stay social, trying to learn online during this pandemic? Oh my gosh. Um, it just breaks my heart. Uh, everything that, that kids are going through right now. Um, I don't, I don't think there's anybody that really has it easy right now, but, um, kids in particular and, and teens, I think have it arguably the worst, um, just because it's such a formative time for um, social activities and, uh, you know, teen athletes. Like, think about kids who were in 10th grade um, last year when the pandemic started. And, you know, from March, there's some athletes who have not been able to do their sport since March. And now you're in 11th grade and you're trying to talk to college coaches and you have to submit times that you did from ninth grade. Like it's just such a difficult time. And so many of them have been struggling with their mental health um, over everything else. Um, you know, it's, I think a lot of people have been getting creative at home physically, but the mental health problems, um, with teenagers right now, it's, it's frightening. And it's something that, um, we're very aware of, and we are trying so hard to create resources and a place for them to come and people for them to talk to, because, um, you know, we are all athletes too. And I, I feel for them a lot right now. One of the things I love about your academy and, and you know, even your in-person event, your summit, you're really helping these young girls with skills outside of the pool. You know, like you said, nutrition, confidence, the mental aspect of, of life. Um, how did you pick kind of those topics to help them with? And uh, who are some of your experts that you're utilizing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, how I pick the topics, the topics, um, we're actually, I would say, more so picked by the, by this demographic, by this community. Um, I had been working at a swim school. So I, I retired from swimming in 2012 after the London Olympics. And for a few years, I was teaching lessons at a swim school, working almost exclusively with teenage girls. And there was um, a really long wait list to get in for my lessons. Um, and you know, people would wait like months and months to come in and I would have moms bring their daughters in and be like, okay, Kara, um, you know, we've waited a long time to get in here. We're so happy to, to see you today. We've heard great things. Honestly, she didn't even bring her bathing suit today. We don't care if she swims. Can you just talk to her? Yeah. And for months 
uh, actually for years, I, I would just talk to my teenage girl clients and sometimes they would swim and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, that wasn't really the important thing, but we would talk about confidence. We would talk about um, you know, issues that they might have with their teammates or with their coach or with their parents and things that they could do um, outside of the pool that would really help them in the pool. You know, having a lot of control and clarity in your life really helps you focus as an athlete. And so when I started to develop this summit, a place for these girls to all to come to, it, it really came back to what are the, the struggles that I personally have um you know, heard about and dealt with, with all of the girls that I've worked with and how can I bring all of these resources together where I can tackle, um, you know, like the top five or six things that universally, um, they've been struggling with. And so it was important to me, you know, I'm not a sports psychologist. I am not a nutritionist. I can speak on experience. Um, and I can speak to, you know, some of the people that I have in my network that I've learned from, but ultimately I wanted to bring together the best, the experts. And so, um, you know, starting even with the confidence coach that we work with, Kristen Shevchunas, she works with like half the female Olympic swim team as their confidence coach. And so it became a thing of like, how can we get these resources that typically are reserved for, um, you know, more high level elite athletes or professional athletes? How can we open the door and bridge the gap to get those resources into these teenage girls who truly, truly need them? Um, so when I started making calls to all of these women to come and work the event, every single person said, yes, like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I needed this when I was the stage, let's do it. Um, so I, you know, it, it is difficult to make a call and, uh, ask people for things, but it was some of the easiest conversations I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, this is doing good in the world. You're helping people. I would think people would want to be on board with something like that. So for parents listening to this and all, I'll definitely throw myself into this category right now. Um, Girls who need confidence or girls who are lacking socialization, like without giving away the milk for free, like what are a few tips that you would give to our listening audience? Oh, yeah. So for girls out there um, who need confidence, I I was actually just having a great conversation earlier today um, with somebody about this specific topic and how um, we all kind of generate our confidence from different places. And the way I speak on confidence is different from the way, let's say, our confidence coach speaks on confidence. Or, um, you know, Missy Franklin, one of the Olympians that we work with, it's different from how she speaks on confidence. But the important thing is that they hear it from a lot of people and figure out what works best for them. So for me, you know, when I'm talking to some of my athletes who are struggling, um, maybe they finished their season and they feel like they didn't perform to the level that they were expecting, or, um, you know, they're just really struggling behind the blocks and, um, they get really scared and that just kind of derails their entire race. Um, I like to reflect on like, Hey, what did you do to, to get here? What are those things that you have done, um, that we can give you credit for right now? And it's like, oh, I, I did this in the gym or I did this in practice that and I'm actually like really proud of. It. I haven't told you that. I'm really proud of that. And teaching them how to um, kind of pull on those things when times are trying, because our brains like they, we want to go the negative path. Like that's just like human nature. Like we, we are going to think worst case scenario. We're going to go down this road of like all of these bad things that could happen. And it's actually more work for us to think about the good things and to envision a positive outcome. 
So teaching them like, hey, a really easy way instead of like, you know, magically thinking that you can snap your fingers and and everything's going to, you know, your brain's going to start working this way. Why don't we draw on all of these things that you have done? Nobody else can do these for you. These things that you have done that have made you so tough and and so strong and so powerful. And let's think about that when we're behind the blocks. And that's the direction that we're going to go. So when I work with athletes, that's a lot of the, the stuff that I do is like um, drawing on the strengths that they already have that we just need to dust off a little and bring to the surface. So what are the ages of the girls that you work with? Yeah, so our summits, um, we have summits in swimming, soccer, and volleyball actually coming this year. Our summits are for girls ages 13 to 18. And then our online academy is for girls um, in all sports, so every every kind of athlete. And that's for ages um, 12 and up. So we have such a diverse group that are taking part in our academy right now. Um, we have like a, a cheer team in Long Island. We have a, a ice hockey team in Minnesota. We have college teams that have purchased this for, for their women. And, um, I mean, it's, it's actually crazy how many different, um, kinds of people have expressed interest. I mean, we've even had moms who have purchased, um, you know, some of the courses in our Academy for their daughters. And they're like, um, do you think I could get a login for that? I was kind of watching over her shoulder and I think, I would actually really benefit from learning this stuff too, for my own personal confidence. And we're like, yes, yes, of course. Um, so much of this stuff is really just universal in life, but they are skills that we need to hone as athletes in order to be the best athletes that we can be, but then also grow as young women, as daughters, as teammates, as, um, you know, what, whatever you're going to do later in life, you're going to use your skills as an athlete in that way. And so how can we create, um, you know, strong, empathetic, good teammate leaders, uh, in the meantime. And tell people how they can access these videos. Yes. So you can find us at leadsportsco.com or you can find us at leadsportsacademy.com. Both of those places will get you, um, where you need to go. So I've known you for what, six years now, five years. Um, Yeah, I guess it's been a while. And and I will say this, the last time that we did an interview for Sports Business Radio, we had a much better setup. We were sitting on the pier in Manhattan Beach, if you remember. Oh my gosh, that's right. On a bench. So that that, day. that yes. was a lot nicer setup than we have right, right now. Right outside your house on the strand, yeah, right? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be the new Sports Business Radio recording studio right there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if uh, someone pays $200 million for the, the podcast one day. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Um, but my point is you have really reinvented yourself. I mean, you were an elite athlete and now, you know, you've rebranded your company. You've taught yourself how to build a website. Talk about that a little bit. Cause it's really impressive. You know, a lot of people have a, a tough time going from athletic career to post athletic career, but you're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think that really goes back to the skills that you learn as an athlete and, and who, who are you as a person? I think a lot of people um, in retirement, they almost feel like they retired themselves. Like, I, I don't know who I am if I'm not an athlete and that person's not here anymore. So I'm really lost. And, and that's completely understandable. But I think something that has been really beneficial for me is instead of tying like my identity is not I'm Kara I'm a swimmer my identity is that I'm Kara and I am a really hard worker and I 
benefit from having a strong team around me and, um, and I can figure things out. And so, you know, having this business and, and, you know, like you said, building a website, creating academy, like all of these things, um, a lot of people are like, oh, I really want to have a business, uh, but it's just too intimidating. I don't know where to start. And it's like, well, you start just like you start anything, like one foot in front of the other, like name your business, um, file for an LLC, uh, buy the URL and just one thing at a time. But, you know, when I started this business about four years ago, if, if you had told me like, Hey, in four years, you're going to be doing all of these things and, uh, you know, managing all of this, these people. And, um, you know, here you go, here's the keys, get going. I probably would have like run away in the other direction, <laughs> terrified, but, um, but you know, it just kind of builds and you learn how to take on more responsibility. You learn how to manage your time better and be more balanced. And, um, yeah. And I think all of that, you know, it just kind of comes with time, but yes, it has, it has been a, a lot of growth and, um, and I'm just very thankful for, I think for my, my roots, Brian, I, I can't reiterate it enough. My roots as an athlete, um, I, I have this mentality for my business. Um, anything that we want to do, any project that we want to do, any market that we want to get into, I'm like, okay, Kara, everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. There's nothing that we can't do. We just have to figure out how to start and then go from there. And and you know, YouTube is also extremely helpful. But huh. um, <laughs> that's that's just my mentality. Like, hey, we can we can do this. We can figure out how to do it, and um, we just have to put our minds to it. So Lead Sports Co., you currently have uh, an open letter to USA Swimming on your website, leadsportsco.com. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Um, that open letter came out um, today. So today is January 4th, and um, you can check that out on our website. But um, essentially, um, Lead started as um, – just a summit back in 2017. And, um, we, like you mentioned earlier, we rebranded in September of 2020 to encompass our Academy and our summit. Um, and so our, our bigger business name is lead sports co, but we're lead summit and we are lead Academy as well. And shortly within, um, probably six to eight weeks of us launching, um, the lead summit, my governing body, USA swimming, my national governing body, um, uh, that I represented for 21 years as an athlete, 10 years as a national team and Olympian, um, came out with their own summit for teenage girl swimmers to focus on leadership. And, um, they called it, she all caps leads. And, um, they've since evolved to, she leads summits, we lead summits, and it has caused endless confusion for four years for our customers. Um, the fact that these two both came out very close in time, the fact that they both use all caps leads lead as an acronym and the fact that they both serve the exact same demographic has been really confusing. And so, um, I have asked so many times I've had numerous phone calls, emails, um, with the people at USA swimming, just pleading with them to don't stop offering programming. They're, there can't be too much of that. Like we need to serve this demographic 100%, but can you just change the name of yours? Cause it's identical to mine. And now it's just really confusing for, you know, this new business that I've invested everything that I have into and you have the resources and everything to just rename it and, and completely, you know, stop the bleeding now. Do you mind changing the name? And every time Brian, they have come back and just said no. And, um, 
it's been damaging to our brand and our business. And I think at first I was like, well, I can't pick a fight with my own NGB. Like I can't bite the hand that feeds me. What if, what if that bridge burns? Like that would be terrible. But I got to a point where I was like, wait a minute, I I'm here to teach girls how to be confident, how to speak up for themselves and how to stand up when something's not right. And right now I'm being bullied by my own NGB. And that's a fact. And I have had countless private conversations. I even sent a cease and desist um, in September that they completely, you know, replied back with with all false statements and and still said no. Um, I'm at my wit's end and it's now I have to write an open letter. And unfortunately, this isn't something that we could handle privately. Um, I need to try to gather the support from my community to take a stand against what they're doing because it's it's just wrong what they're doing. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to be quiet and just let them bully me. Um, you know, I've had to ask myself a lot of, cause everybody asks me like, Hey, this is really confusing. You know, uh, we're signed up for your event, but then we see that this other event that's called the same thing is at this time, which event are we coming to? And like, that shouldn't happen. That's just, it's so unnecessary. Um, and so, it's more about like protecting my brand and everything like that. But people are like, why is USA Swimming doing this? Don't they know? I'm like, yes, they know. Well, why, why don't they change the name or why don't they just support you? I'm like, you know, I, I actually can't even speculate. I have no idea if, um, if I were a bigger business, would they have respected my request to change the name, um, respected, you know, the voice that it was coming from. If I were a male Olympian, would that have taken, um, would that have, that have worked for, you know, them having respect for my request? Um, all of these things that I've asked, because I literally have no idea why it would even get to this place. But um, so, yeah, we we published an open letter to USA Swimming, um, waiting to hear back from them and hoping that they have two action items. One is to stop using Lead Summit to promote their um, education seminars for teenage girl swimmers. And number two, make a commitment to not do this, um, to not steal the intellectual property from other members of this community and members of the national team. But something that shocked me today, Brian, um, you know, we've had so many people support us and reach out between coaches, members of the swimming community, um, members of the business community, you name it, hundreds and hundreds of people have reached out. I have had, um, a handful of former national team members, say that USA Swimming is doing the same thing to them and their small business. Wow. So my hope is that, you know, what I stand for is creating an environment for girls where they can learn and they can um, basically have have it better than I had it. You know, I want to create an event where they have, um, you know, access to learn all of these things because I didn't have that. And in sending an open letter to USA Swimming, I want them to commit to not doing this to the next generation because it doesn't need to happen again. And it can end here. It could have ended four years ago, but hopefully it ends here. You know, what's sad is I had Gracie Gold on last year, former Olympic figure skater. And, you know, she essentially said the same thing. These athletes once they're not part of the national governing bodies anymore, the the USA Swimmings, the USA Figure Skatings, they basically kick you to the curb and they do things like this. And it's really, really unfortunate because, again, for someone like yourself, you gave 21 years of your life to USA Swimming, as you said, 10 as an Olympian. 
it's ridiculous. They're, they're, they are being bullies. Uh, you know, I would say if there's anyone from USA Swimming listening to this, you should be ashamed of yourself. And, you know, I would say the same thing for U.S. figure skating. Like, be better than this. And you should support the athletes who have poured their blood, sweat, and tears into, you know, making the U.S. and the and the – you know, the Olympic community as great as it's been over the years. And so I, you know, whatever we can do from our standpoint to, uh, you know, use our megaphone to help you and the other Olympians who are being taken advantage of by these national governing bodies, we're here to do that. I, I really appreciate that, Brian. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, there are parts of me where I, I take pity on them because, you know, these NGBs that um, are going through a lot of um, scandal, you know, yeah. a lot of times it is on them. They make the wrong call time and time again. But also there's so much that's out of their control. And um, and that's got to be very difficult for them to manage. You know, you have thousands of athletes and coaches that um, are not under your roof. Um, but they are supposed to abide by the rules that you set forth. And so I can only imagine how difficult that must be to manage. But when given the opportunity to do the right thing, and it's so easy and it falls in your lap and it's like, hey, this will take five minutes of effort and literally five minutes of just one person over there caring about this situation and they can't do it. And I think that's really what's been disheartening for me. And it's it's embarrassing, Brian. It's like demoralizing. I, this is my own NGB. I'm not going up against Girl Scouts of America. I'm going up against USA Swimming. Why? Why? I, I, I just, I don't understand. Yeah. They're not maintaining the long-term relationship with the former Olympians. And, and they're not doing things that are really common sense things like this. So do the right thing, USA Swimming. And, and us figure skating and all these governing bodies like it's just ridiculous that they're they're not doing that so keep us posted on that i do want to ask you so the 2020 olympics in tokyo were postponed and now they're supposed to happen this year in 2021 i know this is summer games not winter games but if this had happened to you how would this have changed your training you know i know that a lot of the olympians who are training uh, they need sponsors to, you know, get them through with living expenses and training expenses. How do you kind of get through that extra year? Mm, yeah, this actually just gives me chills um, thinking about it. I I made a um, a couple threads on Twitter about this actually back in March when it happened because I when it all went down, you know, people were like, oh, well, this could be a great opportunity maybe for those kids who are just one year too young or um, one year before they're about to really go off to, you know, have their Olympic debut. And I just kind of went like palm to forehead and I was like, oh my gosh. But on the other side, you have people who have plans after 2020. They have things that they have in place, whether it's going back to school or starting a different job or moving or starting a family and they're on their last leg and maybe their body physically cannot take a toll of another 12 months of training. Wow. Um, so a lot of people's careers ended early. They mm. ended before Olympic trials and certainly before the Olympics in 2020. And my heart really broke for those athletes in particular that, um, I just couldn't face it because, you know, for me, Brian, in 2012, I mean, 
there's no way I could have continued training for 12 more months. I, I would have been one of those athletes. I would have been like, uh, you know what? This was a good run, but it's not really in the cards for me to, I, I don't, I don't think my body can withstand this for another year. Um, so my heart definitely broke for those athletes, but, um, you know, my hope is that the Olympics, you know, hopefully vaccinations can, can work miracles and, and we can bring together, you know, 15,000 athletes this summer. And it's something that hopefully can bring the world together after a really difficult year. And that's what the Olympics have, have done in the past. And, um, I know that there's probably a lot of controversy around the the monetization and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm hoping the Olympic games in Tokyo are really something that brings a lot of joy to this world. And, and, you know, the athletes can have their moment that they have been waiting for their whole lives. And I know this is different than, you know, what you've done because it's, it's 2021, but give us a little bit of a glimpse. You know, you, you land in the Olympic city, you do the opening ceremony, walk us through kind of what the schedule looks like while you're competing. Yeah. So depending on what sport you're doing, um, you know, for swimming, the Olympics are about 16 days long and swimming is eight days. Um, some sports take the entire two weeks. Um, some happen on like the last day. So I always felt fortunate that we had like, you know, another five or six days after swimming was over to actually get to go and experience the Olympics and go and watch other events. But, um, until your event is, is done and until your team is done competing, you're really only like, we're not going to basketball games. We're not, we don't get to see beach volleyball. Like you are going to the pool and then you're back at the village and you're eating. And if it's a session that you're not competing at, you're going to the pool and you are cheering for everybody that's competing that session. And then it's back to the village, eat and back to bed. And I think that's something that Team USA has historically always done really well. And it it helps, you know, for me as an athlete, I said swimming is eight days. My event came on day eight. So oh, I'm one of those people who... I'm thankful that everybody doesn't just bow out when the race is done and be like, all right, good luck, everybody. I'm going to go enjoy the Olympics. Like the whole team is in the stands cheering from day one to day eight. And you really feel that support and camaraderie as a team. So it's, it's a, it's an incredible experience. What's it like in that Olympic village for those few weeks? You're, (laughs) you're seeing people from all over the world. You're eating together. You're, you know, staying, I would assume in either hotels or dormitories or some kind of housing. What's that like? (laughs) That people, I think, um, overestimate how nice the housing is. Um, but I, I'm glad, like, I think Sochi, um, you know, social media was really like picking up around then and athletes were, um, showing what their dorms are like, but it's always a different experience. Um, I basically what countries do is they build out a village. And if you think of a village, just think of it as like tons of buildings of dorms or apartments. And then inside of those dorms, apartments, they, um, they build even more walls. So when we were in Beijing, um, you know, the, the flat that, um, my roommate and I were in, we were in what would be the walk-in closet of the apartment. Um, <laughs> that was our, that was our room. Wow. I think we had two twin beds and our luggage and there was no room on the floor for us to take a step. And, and we drew keys out of a hat. Like it's just what we ended up with. But, um, and then somebody else could have like the master bedroom that ended up just being sectioned off really large. So it's, it's kind of a crapshoot with the room that you get and you know, what floor you're on. Um, I remember in Athens, we were on the fourth floor. This is back in 2004 and, um, they didn't quite finish everything, uh, prior to the Olympics starting. And so, 
the elevator in our building was not working. It, it never got hooked up. There was no electricity to the elevator. So every day, multiple times a day, we walked up four flights of stairs. And when you're thinking about um, getting yourself ready to compete at your absolute best, conserving all of your energy, doing everything you can to be the strongest and um, freshest that you can be, you don't really think about like, oh, I you know, can't wait to climb 16 flights of stairs tomorrow just to get to and from where I need to go. <laughs> I haven't been doing that in my training, but those are just the circumstances that I'm given at the Olympics. And you, you really just never know what it's going to be. So I know you have met President Obama. You've met President-elect Biden. Is there someone during opening ceremonies or at the Olympics that you were like, I really want to meet that athlete and you got <laughs> to meet that person? Um. That is a good question. Um, I have met, uh, I mean, we met, Brian, we met Kobe in, um, in Beijing and um, LeBron has been to many Olympics and, and the basketball team has always been really supportive of the swim team to the point where they would come to our sessions and sit with Team USA in the stands at the pool. And we would all be explaining like what Michael Phelps is doing in the water, what stroke he's on and stuff like that. Um, I have met Serena Williams. I mean, it's it's such a cool experience going to the Olympics because it doesn't matter if you are a swimmer, if you are a star tennis player, if you're a basketball player, if you're a fencer. It's a really level playing field because everybody's there to represent Team USA and everyone's so supportive. Um, so I don't know if there's like an athlete that I like, you know, really wanted to check off my box that like I cannot wait to meet this person. Um, I know when I when I saw Yao Ming for the first time, I was like, that's the tallest human I've ever seen. Right. I've seen him too. I'm <laughs> close. And uh yeah. yeah, he's so tall. Um, but yeah, it's it's such it's such a cool experience for athletes, um, especially coming from such a different world with um sports that have major league, you know, nightly nationally viewed games versus sports that are only ever heard of every four years, if that. Um, but everyone's very, very supportive of each other. And I know as a woman entrepreneur, there's another great woman entrepreneur out there that you met, Sarah Blakely, the inventor of Spanx. Tell us that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll always shoot my shot, Brian. And, uh, I actually, I follow Sarah's husband, Jesse Itzler, who's also an entrepreneur on Instagram. And he was talking about um, one day online, he was talking about his come up story and he's big on his come up story. And it's, it's a great story. Um, and he said something about, you know, shooting your shot when you have the opportunity. And I was like, oh, I think they're staying in a hotel not too far away from me right now. I'm going to DM him. And he DM me back and um, invited me to come meet them the next morning. And so I brought Jesse a smoothie and some bananas and I brought Sarah some Cheez-Its and we sat down, we talked business, we talked swimming. Their oldest son is a swimmer. And um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was a, a very uh, humbling but, but awesome experience. They're great people. Are there any other entrepreneurs out there? You know, look, I had Mark Cuban on last year and I, I really admire <laughs> him. Um, you know, Arthur Blank was on with me and he's the co-founder of Home Depot. Are there others that, that you would love to have a conversation with? Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Um, I'm kind of an entrepreneur junkie. Um, <laughs> like I follow the, the morning brew bros on Twitter. Um, probably Alexis Ohanian. Right. Did I say his name right? Um, I respect him a lot and, uh, gosh, there's so many women, Whitney Wolf heard. Um, I don't know. You name them, Brian. I'm, I'm kind of like, 
immersed in that space right now. And I was such a student of my sport as a swimmer. I wanted to watch and learn what everyone else was doing that was making them good. Like you're doing it this way. They're doing it that way. What can I take to apply to myself to make this my own and make me better? And the same thing has truly like carried over to me as a business person. I want to watch and learn from everybody around me and see what they're doing that's working for them. And how can I apply that if, if need be, how can I apply that to myself to help me? Um, so it's, I'm just trying to learn and, and absorb as much as I can, um, on this crazy ride. Kara Lynn Joyce, founder and CEO of lead sports co three time Olympian. You can find her at lead and on Twitter at Kara Lynn Joyce. Kara, thank you so much. Continued success to you. Uh, I think you're doing really great things, especially for young girls out there and, uh, Keep up the great work and USA Swimming, do the right thing, please. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure to come on your show. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.